Hello, you are listening to the Healthcare Analytics Podcast with myself, Caleb Loya, and my teammate, Tatsuya Murao, who does a lot of work behind the scenes to do editing, research, and everything else it takes to get a podcast to where we are now. I would like to begin with one simple question, and it's about determining competence. Do you have a way of understanding if somebody is competent in their field? Do you have a series of questions or a way of determining if the skill set that you are looking for is available within a specific team or individual? Well, in this episode, I would like to give you a few tips and tricks and a general methodology about how to determine if an individual or team is capable of doing the work that you need done. As a leader, I know that you encounter many situations where there's work to be done and there's a higher level of skill that's needed to accomplish that work. At Arcos Analytics, we have been on both sides of that specific piece of the puzzle. On the one side, we've been able to explain to clients how we can deliver what they need. And on the other side, we have had to work with others in analytics, in healthcare and other industries in order to deliver on specific things. And so we understand what it takes to explain our competence and deliver it as well as vet others' competence and vet others' skill sets. And as I lay the groundwork for understanding if somebody is competent, one of the things that I like to think about is I like to think about one of the most wealthy men in the world named Warren Buffett. If you don't know anything about him, then you don't really know his lifestyle. But fundamentally, he is a man who lives in Omaha, Nebraska, who has specific habits that you wouldn't have thought of as habits that pertain to one of the most wealthy men in the world. So if you're walking down the street in the middle of Omaha, Nebraska, and you see somebody driving by with an old Lincoln car that happens to turn into a McDonald's to get his morning coffee, you would not think to yourself, oh, there goes the richest man in the world. No, you would probably think to yourself, look at that old grandpa just getting up out of bed who wants a McBurger or a coffee from McDonald's. You did not know that he has a special card that allows him to get an infinite amount of McDonald's because he paid, I don't know how many thousands of dollars for this card. Anyway, long story short is that Warren Buffett has specific habits that are not conducive to the external appearance of what you may think of as one of the richest men in the world. But lo and behold, there's Warren Buffett with all his intangible qualities that add up to who he is. If you think about other individuals like, let's say, Bill Belichick, who is one of the most notorious and successful NFL coaches in uh, American football. If you think about his story, pretty much from what I gather is he's just some curmudgeon in Boston who wears a hoodie all day and yells at his players. So if you were to see an old guy in his 60s walking around Boston with a hoodie on, then you wouldn't think anything of it. But yet, lo and behold, within his brain, he has an entire system about how to recruit, how to lead players, how to manage his team, etc. And the same with Tom Brady, who was a quarterback for Bill Belichick 
in New England. And before many Super Bowls of the many Super Bowls Tom Brady would go, I'd see this Reddit thread about, you know, the most successful NFL player has like a pudge, you know, he's not the most in shape guy. And and that was kind of the joke is how in the world can this QB who's really not that physically fit be one of the best quarterbacks in the world and really of all time. And so it got me thinking in analytics, it's kind of the same way where we have worked with individuals who are from Mexico City, from Wichita, Kansas, from many different places who don't necessarily have that external appearance of skill and or perseverance or whatever you're looking for in analytics. But we found them and we have understood that they do top of the line work. On the other side, I've known many individuals from big four accounting firms or very large consulting firms that have come to us um, on a technical level to ask about certain things. So, for example, a few weeks ago, somebody reached out to me about building specific reports and how to build them. They wanted to build them, but they just needed our knowledge about specific types of functions that you can use in specific reporting tools. And so even if you're going to an Ernst and Young or if you're going to a Deloitte or KPMG to get your work done, most often is the case is that those big consulting firms revert to the mean, meaning that because they're so large, it's very, very difficult to determine if there's any skill there, even though they have the external appearance of pedigree of skill and competence. And so I can go on and on about the intangible skills that aren't shown externally that can make a huge impact in analytics, in technology, and in healthcare in general. But really what I would like to do is beyond those intangible skills that you can start to decipher, I would like to give you a few ways to determine if the individual or team you are talking to can execute and or accomplish what you need to accomplish. And really the best way to do so is through a conversation. If it's a meaningful conversation, then through a conversation, you can start to peel back the layers of their knowledge base so that you can understand if they're worthwhile in investing in and worthwhile working in, in order to achieve your goals uh, as a leader. And so if you have, let's say, a 30 minute to an hour conversation with the team or individual who is in analytics or in technology, here are a few simple things that you can do to understand if they reach your expectations. And the first thing that I will say is this is a simple thing to understand, but sometimes very, very difficult to gain an awareness for. And it's simply this. Do they answer questions well? So if you're asking them a very specific question, can they succinctly answer the question and answer it in a way that satisfies what you're looking for? Many times with any interview or any vetting call, you'll ask a series of questions because you're wanting to get to a specific answer or solution. And if that individual who you're talking to just beats around the bush and doesn't really directly answer your question in a very, very direct way, then your level of trust with that individual goes down. 
in this beating around the bush or indirect communication can come in many, many different forms. I know from being in Central America that with any specific kind of work, anybody can give you the workaround. And that workaround can be very, very frustrating because you're trying to accomplish something very directly, but they're just trying to build a relationship. And if they're trying to build a relationship, that's more than fine. But if you're needing to accomplish a specific series of tasks and build trust along the way, then that workaround is not conducive to the overall goals of the project. And so what I would recommend is that when you ask a specific question and you get the workaround or they're beating around the bush, then it's important to take a step back and ask the question again and kind of help lead them down the path that you want them to go so that if they kind of get a gist of what you're trying to communicate, then they can take it further down the road. So it could be something like this. Suppose you're asking about something about a specific reporting tool or data set and say, hey, I need to build this data set in this way. How do I do it in the most efficient way possible? If they give you the workaround, then lead them down the path a little bit more and say, well, I was thinking that based on my research and based on what I know, we should do this, this and this. What do you think? And so what you're doing is you are setting up a series of questions that you can set up as a mirror for them to look at, for them to respond to. And so if you give them specific solutions that you are thinking about, then you can have this specific technical conversation about how to accomplish those in a variety of ways. The second way that you can determine competence is in understanding if they demonstrate a level of skill. It, it can be either on a technical basis or on a theoretical or strategic basis. So going back to our first example, if you ask them specific questions about a database or different data fields or query, then from that conversation, somebody who is competent can then get what you are trying to say and then take it to the next level. And so in a lot of cases, what I have done at Arcos Analytics is when we get to that point, I would share my screen and say, is this what you're talking about? And actually demonstrate out a specific query or a specific report or a specific function that they're looking for. And once I show them that, they say, oh, yeah, this is what we're looking for. This is the functionality we need. And it was very, very helpful in the conversation because it demonstrated competence in a very technical and real way. The more tangible the competence can be, the better you can understand what the capabilities are and the more you can drive to a solution that will work for you in in the project that you're looking to accomplish. The third thing is this, is that in any conversation you have, it needs to be able to expand your understanding. And so if you have a conversation with a team or individual and you are left at the end of the conversation with no more understanding than you did before, then fundamentally that conversation is worthless. Or better yet said, that conversation was at the very best a waste of time. With any kind of conversation, what you want to do is you want to move the needle so that you can gain a greater level of understanding and impart on somebody else some methods and or some ideas that they didn't have before. 
That way, even when you're determining if somebody is competent for a specific skill level, you can begin to grow that relationship regardless if you choose to work with them or not. And that way you're not burning any bridges. You're not deciding to do anything else, but you're at least developing some base level of trust that can be built upon in the future. Now that you understand these three different fundamentals for determining competence in those that you are looking to work with, I'm going to give you a template for a 30 minute to hour long meeting that may serve you well in determining if the individual or team you are talking to is competent enough to reach your expectations. So when you set up a meeting, it's just simply setting up a meeting online or in person where you dedicate 30 minutes to an hour towards talking about the specific project that you would like to accomplish. And many times it's best to have a bullet point of agendas about what you want to talk about and in what order. This way, there's really no confusion about the topic, about the specific goals of the meeting, etc. And I can't tell you how many times the agenda is kind of left to the wayside. And many times a 30 minute to hour long conversation can be sidetracked because there was no agenda to keep everybody on track. That being said, here are some things that you can implement in your initial meeting in order to make sure that it's a success. As you all gather and as you start the meeting, one of the most important parts is to just have a quick two, three minute series of introductions, especially if people around the table haven't met each other. You can identify which individuals have specific skill sets, where are the team leads and who are the specific stakeholders who are invested in the project. After these introductions, then you can begin with telling the story of what you need to accomplish. Now, this story can involve many different aspects. It can involve visuals. It can be a specific set of guidelines, etc. But what you need to do is you need to outline the specific story of what you want to accomplish. You need to explain the context of your project, the specific details of the project and what you hope to get at the end of the project. This can take many different forms, but if you can tell the story in a concise and neat way, it offers a foundation in order to build upon in the future. Because based upon this story, you can explain the different solutions that you have thought about in order to accomplish your mission. And you can ask those who are in your team and external to your team what they think is the best way to move forward in accomplishing those goals and objectives. And after you speak about potential solutions and how to achieve specific goals, then you can get feedback on the overall process and determine the next steps in order to accomplish what you need to accomplish. And although this is just a general outline about how to conduct a meeting where you are determining and or vetting a team or individual, I would like to share with you a specific example about how we have engaged with clients in order to show our competence 
in developing the data tools they need for their organization. A couple months ago, we were engaged by a animal health organization in Canada to develop a series of reports and data automizations based on their internal system. And so on our initial call, we started by me explaining my role at Arcos Analytics, what I do, which is pretty much everything from working with databases to developing reports to engaging with clients, etc. So I gave that introduction to them and asked them for their introduction so that I could understand who I was talking to. If I was talking to somebody who was technical, if I was talking to a manager, if I was talking to a director or executive in the company. Once we got all of those introductions together, the next step is very tricky because many times the client has many different questions and or precautions that they want to explain from the very onset. And so understanding that many times when we engage with clients, they're not so organized. After we are done with introductions, I like to start off by saying, what do you want to accomplish generally? What are systems that you're using now and what do you want to develop? From there, it starts them down the path of telling that story. And so they will say something like, we have this data and we want to develop it and build it into a series of reports and tools in order to show it to other constituents within our organization. In the case of the animal health company in Canada, we had those introductions and they worked out fine. And then as they were starting to explain their story and I was trying to lead them down the path of what they wanted to accomplish, I wanted to ask them specifically, what do you have now and where do you want to go in the future? From there, this company explained that they have a series of data sets that are internal to their website that they want to export out and show in a better graph. Specifically, what they wanted to do is they wanted to show it in a visualization that could be posted and embedded online so that they could show the public their specific goals, their specific initiatives, etc. This would be a marketing piece that they could use externally and internally in order to gain greater support within their market. After I understood their general story about where they were now and where they wanted to go, then I started to ask specific questions pertaining to the data tools that they were using it was very technical questions that some of them didn't know, but at least I got those questions out because it can allow them to go back to the drawing board and start to identify the pieces that are necessary in order to get the project moving. At the end of the project, then I asked them if there are any new developments that they wanted, and they started to ask a series of questions that I expected when it came to initiating the project. They asked questions involving data automation, about data organization, and about specific tools that they needed to implement. From this series of questions, I was able to share my screen and share with them how they could use these tools in a tangible way. And once they understood that these things weren't voodoo science or they weren't something mysterious, then they gained a better understanding about how they could get from where they were to where they wanted to go. And 
in this hour-long conversation, we were able to build trust with each other where I understood that they knew exactly what they wanted and they could trust me and our team at Arcos Analytics to accomplish that kind of work. At the end of the meeting, we were able to establish a series of next steps in order to begin the project in a few weeks from that specific meeting. It was really not a big deal to have that meeting, but once I had in my head how I could get them to explain what they needed to accomplish, then we could start to build trust with each other in a way that was conducive to the project as a whole. They were able to leave the meeting with a greater understanding about how they needed to orient their data tools, and I came away with more trust about understanding that they actually knew what they wanted to accomplish. So that's one example of many about how I was able to lead a specific team from basic introductions to telling a story to gaining feedback and then closing out that specific meeting. And whatever side of the table you are from, if you are talking from the developer's perspective, which is our perspective at Arcos Analytics, or from the leadership perspective where you're needing something accomplished, these set of tools can help you immensely because what it can help you do is it can help you identify if a team or individual is competent in what they say they are competent in. And it, once you can determine if they are or not competent, then you can start to put things in place that can allow you to increase your skill level in asking key questions and can allow you to determine if those around you are competent enough to accomplish what you need done. And if you have any questions for us at Arcos Analytics about determining competence about developing specific data tools, then feel free to reach out to myself at Caleb at Arcos Analytics or my teammate Tatsuya at Todd, T-A-D at ArcosAnalytics.com. We are also on LinkedIn and Twitter and you can find us there. Thanks for listening. <laughs>